So, Hoff, what do we got going today? Yo, welcome to another episode of the Where It Went podcast, where we are typically... The mission is to to discuss the Revelation Records discography in chronological order. But sometimes we got to take a detour, and sometimes we got to make a U-turn. And today... We're taking it all the way back to Rev. What 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 number Rev is this, Greg? Six? Five. Five? We're yeah. talking again about the side-by-side seven inch, which we already did one time. We we talked about this record with Mr. Sammy Sigler, drummer on the record. And now, Greg, since Jason's not here to kick it, tell us what we got today. So today, yeah, Jason, just to clarify, Jason loves Side by Side. He just hasn't, wasn't on either episode. He didn't get to do the original because it was before he was coming on the air with us. So now, unfortunately, he's, well, not unfortunately, he's on a really cool vacation. But um, we are here with Jules and uh, Billy from Side by Side. We may be joined by Sammy. He may pop in. Question mark. Um, he may not, but you know, with this, with our podcast, there's always there's always room for a surprise. I mean, you know, Jordan could sign on in 30 minutes and just throw down some some side by side talk. You really never know what's going to happen. I don't know who Greg invites random people all the time too. We could have like Balaram Shakti come in, whatever. <laughs> I, I will say I'll disclose that there's no uh, no surprises no, today. No curveballs today. All right. No. So I listened to the episode with Sammy this morning because I wanted to get a little bit of a refresher. And so I have some gaps to fill, which is always difficult when we're talking about a 30 plus year old record. But uh, before we get to those gaps, uh, Jules, Billy, guys, what's up? Let's talk about your any memories that you have of the, the band starting. Like, who started the band? Jules. Yeah, that, that'd be me. Uh, hi, guys. Um, uh, yeah, that'd be me. Jeez. Um, side by Side started at a funeral. Um, I was at a funeral in Greenwich Village uh, with my father. It was an old friend of my dad's who had... So when my dad first moved to, to New York City from the West Coast, and we're talking about in the, you know, in the 60s, <laughs> you know, like early 60s. Um, this was like one of his best pals. And uh, he died of AIDS because, you know, we don't talk about this much anymore. But back in the mid 80s, AIDS was a big problem. You know, like you don't even hear about it anymore. But, uh, you know, there was no HIV. There was no. In fact, they weren't even calling it HIV. It was called AIDS back then. And uh and in fact, uh, you know, it, it was an uncur- incurable disease. I believe it still is, but they can manage it, right? But but back then it was like Armageddon, you know? Um, anyway, this guy died of AIDS and I'm at a funeral and, uh, you know, I was 15, I think. And uh, the funeral ended and, and it, was, it was getting fall, winter. I, I don't remember when it was, but, but, the sun was going down real early, like, you know, like four o'clock. And uh, so it was dark out when we left. And I turned to my dad and I said, you know, 
I got something I got to do. And I left him. And I went down to friggin' Pitt Street, um, which is where Billy lived. And, you know, if that's you don't the ghetto, know by the way. What's that? Uh, that's the I just wanted to interject that that is the ghetto. That is like, honestly, seriously, the ghetto. Yeah. And there's there's some great anecdotes. And if you ask the other like youth crew guys and stuff about like things that happened, either going to or coming out of Billy's apartment in, in on Pitt Street. I mean, there's like a plethora of stories. But anyway, um, I had you know, I had met Billy through some other friends um, and uh, he had given me his address. I think I called and said, hey, man, you want to hang out? And I came over. And I'd never been to Billy's apartment before. So I'm going up this, you know, this, this crazy tenement apartment. There's a Doberman like loose in the hallway and there's like dog shit everywhere in the hallway. And, uh, and I, 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 I'm hoping to God, I got the right, you know, door and I'm knocking on the door and Bill, you know, you hear the chain going, you know, and then Billy opens the door and he's got this giant two by four in his hands. Which was my security system. Right. Well, that was the lock on the back of the door, right? But right. There was there was there was literally like uh two braces and a two by four that would prevent the door from being broken in, which I thought was great. So every time I opened the door for anybody, I looked like Buford Pusser. I had this piece of wood in my hand that looks like, you know, uh, uh about as long as a baseball bat. Um and anyway, you know, the whole concept of you're only young once really kind of started there, which is this the idea that, holy shit, you know, like I could die tomorrow. Anybody could die tomorrow. What am I doing with my life? Of course, I was only 15, but whatever. You know, you have those thoughts. And uh, I said, Billy, hey, you want to like literally it was kind of like, hey, man, how you doing? Want to start a band? <laughs> which is what everybody that you ran into in the old New York hardcore scene would say. Right. Like everybody was looking to start a band. That was like, you know, if you reach the 15 minute mark in any conversation <laughs> with any kid that was hanging out in Tompkins Square, it's like, we should start a band. Yeah, yeah that's and true. And like, so I took that not at all seriously. And then, yeah, he shows up to my like ghetto apartment. I'm like, dude, if you're willing to come down here, you got to be at least semi serious. Yeah. And so, you know, Billy, uh, I mean, did you even have a bass back then? You just had a guitar, right? No, I was a guitarist. Right. And then we signed right. on Eric, who was a guitarist. And then we signed on Gavin, who was a guitarist. And at that point, we had three guitarists. <laughs> so we all took a vote and I lost. And then yeah, I had Billy, to play bass. Billy, uh, Billy definitely, well, when we added this, yeah, I can't remember if you were already a bass player by the time we added the second guitar. Um, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, it, 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 ultimately that's how it worked out. You ended up with the bass, yeah. but, uh, but, but he, he skipped a bunch of steps there because we didn't just add members like, like, like that, uh, Billy drew a sign. Like, so Billy was, and is to this day, a phenomenal illustrator and i always like i always would like whenever i go over to an apartment i'd be like show me your artwork man like like and i just look through all his sketches and and and, and stuff like that you know oh we're um, definitely we're definitely going to be asking about please, artwork please do because i mean the guy you know was was next level anyway um he drew the 
the like the 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 skinhead can can like uh, poster whatever and we 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 you know with a phone number was it your phone number or my phone number on there i can't even remember i can't remember and we, we I put don't, it up I don't in some that. records and it's these goofy like you know like like arm in arm we didn't want it to look scary or dangerous but we wanted it to be yeah, so that was side by sides like beginning like like advertisement was the was the dancing skinheads in some records, which you know I I, I talked about on on another podcast that, you know a couple years ago. You know, some records was like a huge 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 part of all of this. Like I I, I don't know. I don't know how many people talk about that these days. So, so if I'm saying stuff you already know, I apologize. But but I mean, like Dwayne having that place and us, we were always good. You'd always go and hang out there. You'd always find out new music there. You know, it wasn't like the internet where you could like click on something and hear what's brand new. Like you'd have to go places like some records to find out what's going on. Um, and so we figured that's where we would get, you know, bandmates, right? Um, we didn't get one hit on that sign, I don't think, did we? No, because you and you knew Eric. That's how that was. He was the the first edition because you already knew Eric, so you well, kind of brought him in next. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Well, Bill, Billy's got that correct. So Eric, I had gone to school with Eric and Luke, uh, Abby from the Biscuits and Warzone and what have you, um, and. Uh, actually, that's how I met Billy too through the loud and boisterous guys, right? Yeah. Like that's how I met. Yeah, you. I was hanging out in in Brooklyn. I came yeah. down from my yeah. There was this little known band that Luke was in called Loud and Boisterous. I don't know, like, if that is part of the hardcore legend that is Luke, but you know, he had a he had a band before you know all these other bands, and uh, and uh, Eric. And I had, when we were in school together, had messed around with trying to do a band, but like, you know, I couldn't play anything. And, and, you know, he, he's pretty, you know, intense dude. And like, we didn't really get along. Um, but when we, when we, when we came around again and Luke said, Hey, you got to get with Eric, he's writing new music and it's really good. And I heard some of his stuff. I was like, Hey dude, want to be in a band? And that was probably around, November or December of 86. That's, that's around when that would have happened. So we get Eric, um, somewhere along the line, Billy picks up the bass and we started doing Eric songs. Cause he had songs written. He had like music lyrics. Like it was like all ready to go. So we just started rehearsing those. And one of those first songs was violence to fade, which is, I think the, the song that made it onto the first revelation compilation, the, the very first one. Um, yeah, on to, uh, together. Right, right. Which, for whatever reason, has Jimmy Gestapo on the back of it. I have no idea why, but but yes, yes, that record. <laughs> um, but uh, but then, jeez, uh, uh, we you know drummers. Drummers are impossible, right? Drummers the hardest part of a band to. Yep, still. Ever fine. Guitars fall out of the trees, drummers impossible. Um, and so we um and I think I believe you asked Sammy about this, and I think he got it completely like well, not completely wrong, but like somewhat wrong. Um so again, it was around Christmas time, 
And I remember I was in the Port Authority because I lived in New Jersey. So like I was a bridge and tunnel guy, like like I'd come into the city all the time and hang out all the time. But like when it came time to go home, I'm taking a bus or a train. Um, anyway, I was in the Port Authority bus terminal and it was like pandemonium because it was probably like that Friday before the Christmas break or whatever. And just like everyone's going everywhere. And this kid I know from some records is there, like a skinhead kid. And I'm like, yo, man, what's up? And he's like, oh, like, I'm going to go visit my, you know, grandparents or whatever. And like, we're talking. And I think, I think he asked, and this is our friend, Chris. I mean, I haven't talked to him in 30 years or whatever, but, um, uh, but it was a classmate of Sammy's. And, uh, and I, and he, I think he asked, are you still looking for a drummer? And I'm like, yeah, we are. And like, he was like, well, I got my, my friend, like I I'll put you guys in touch and sure as shit, that was Sam. Um, and you know, he was 13 years old. I don't know if you ever seen pictures of him. I, I guess there's pictures on the record or, or what, you know, the, the insert, but Jesus, I mean, you know, I was 15, he was 13, you know, you had these, you know, friggin' babies, basically. I mean, Eric was only a year older than me, you know? Um, and then you had, uh, uh, well, Gavin, how, I, I don't remember how old Gavin was. He was older than me. Yeah. He was in between us. I was like the oldest one. I was like 24. Yeah. Which was, which was ancient over the hill. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, he was the old man, you know? Um, and then, uh, and then eventually when we convinced Alex to join us, um, you know, he, he was what, 21 or something like that. Like at the time, something like that. He was going to art school too. So yeah. Yeah. Adrian. Yeah. He was in college. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that, I mean, that's what happened. What happened was we wanted a second guitar. Gavin was that second guitarist and I'll never forget because, you know, we probably came off of one of side by sides, best shows. There are two great shows that I can think of. And one of them was the token entry record release party at CDs. And I don't know, Billy, if you remember that show, but that was like absolute friggin' chaos. Like, like, I mean, that, that was the first time we had a crowd just go absolutely friggin' berserk. And uh, that was the one where big Charlie said, play the theme song again, play the yeah, theme yeah, song yeah. again. Side by side. Right. We played it twice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. Anyway, but um, but Gavin, after coming off of that show and Alex was there, um, you know, Alex Brown was there watching that show and he saw like what happened. And so now Alex really wants to be in the band. And Gavin's like, you know, I'm sorry, guys, I can't do it. I'm a hood. Because he was in, in the, the New York hoods at the time. New York hoods. Oh my God. Yes. He was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a hood man, you know? And that's the band that he, he went with. <laughs> so he's not even on any of the records, right? Is he on no, a he demo? Is. Uh, yeah, no, no. I think, I think, uh, we definitely recorded with Gavin. Um, is he on the records? God, that's a really good question because he's not, he's not on the seven inch. That's what I was going to say. I, if anything, he's on, the, he's on the, yeah, definitely not on the seven inch, but he might, he might be on, um, on together. That might've been him. That was one of the things, Hav, I don't know if you remember, did that come up in the interview with Sam? I haven't Man, listened to it in a while. Uh, but. Yeah. I think, I feel like the, the lineup for that, song is lost to the ether 
<laughs> right? Yeah, we were not we were not particularly good record keepers of these <laughs> Yeah, like it wasn't like we were talking about Discord, how like everything is so, you know, you could probably ask Ian who played on any record and he'll know, you know, because he still writes them a check for a royalty. <laughs> Yeah, no, there was no no such uh, organization uh, with side by side, and in fact, um, when you mentioned the demo, you know that demo, like, first of all, you got to understand, I was fifteen, not a musician. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what I was doing at all, and uh, I don't know how we ended up in that one studio to record. I don't know whose recommendation that was or, or what, but this was the guy that the engineer, the guy that ran that place, you know, I bet he was like a super duper recording engineer, but he didn't know punk. He didn't know hardcore at all. And we just, like, I had buyer's remorse. The second I heard that demo outside of the studio, I had buyer's remorse so bad that I actually went down to Bleaker Bob's and, and made them give me back all of the demo tapes. It was, you, were it was, buying, you were buying them off of people in the street. You were like, yeah, I will buy that, that back. <laughs> it was that bad. And I don't know if like collectors have that shit now or if it's on the internet, but, but I, you know, that, that didn't sound like us. It was just terrible. But Gavin was on that recording. I know that. For a fact. <laughs> he okay. was on the terrible demo. <laughs> And he went on to do all right for himself as far as hardcore. Oh, yeah. Listen, no, fucking absolution. Did. Yeah, absolution and burn are, you know, yeah. top tier yeah. stuff. Well, but um, uh, Billy and I were joking about how Gingy basically single handedly took out side by side. <laughs> yeah. Stage diving Gingy. Yeah. He dislocated my knee and he broke Jules's nose. <laughs> and then he took Gavin to do a band. Not yeah. not at the not at the same time, but yeah. well, he did it strategically. Then no, I'm just yeah. No, that, <laughs> he don't want it to be too obvious. No, it, yeah. was, it was just that. That's just one of those funny things, you know. I think those demo tracks might be on the like the. Version. Yeah. Yeah. The German bootleg shit. Don't listen to any of that. That was just awful. Yeah, well, it's funny because um when we when we talked to Sam, from what I remember, he had mentioned how like he would rather be out there, but just like seven inch McComp tracks. And that's like he was kind of like which which I, I agree. Like there's as a fan, like sure, you always want more of you know whatever the band is especially a band like side by side where there's a limited amount of material you know you want to try and get as much as you can but sometimes it's like at what cost like do you want these boombox sounding recordings and whatever like right you know because there's a lot of bands like that where i'm like oh wow this is a whole disc of extras and then you listen to the extras one time and then never again extras of side by side we're not yes you know, we're not, you know, you're not going to hear like something like extraordinarily new or different in a, in a minute and a half song, you know, you just, I mean, it's just not, you know, necessary one and two, and I'm going to soapbox a little bit here is that, um, you know, I don't know about hardcore today because like, it seems like the recordings like 
are awesome and like the musicianship is awesome and like you, you know I, I'm, I'm kind of like you know almost intimidated you know i look at what we played and <laughs> but um but this was a live thing like who you, you know you didn't I mean, yes, you would listen to records as a hardcore kid, but like the whole point was going to see a band live. Like that was the, that was the, you know, so if you have a few recordings that kind of capture that, then that's all you need. Um, you know, but, but I don't know. I mean, listen, that's just me saying, I don't think we were ever so good that, you know, that you sh you need to hear various versions of my life to live, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny you talk about that live thing because when sammy was talking to us he said that you guys had a practice studio and you would basically like invite people into the studio and have like mini shows and people would be like moshing around in the studio and stuff while you guys are just jamming yeah yeah well listen um you know when we did practice which wasn't really all that much um no, come on. That, we what okay maybe billy remembers it different <laughs> we practiced <laughs> we practiced somewhat. I remember we got thrown out of a lot of. Uh, we got thrown out of a bunch of them. Yeah, because we would go off and we would, like, we would have, like, it wouldn't be like parties, but all our friends, we'd always invite our friends. Yeah, over. I mean, like, it wasn't we never a had party. A closed practice that I ever remember. We got kicked out of, we got, when we got kicked out of Giant Studios. Yeah. Warzone was like you can go rehearse here and gave us the name of the studio that they were in. We went there one time and they came in and they said no. And the lady threw us out. She's and like, I'm like, Warzone. This is the place where Warzone. Yeah. How can we be worse than them? So, so, <laughs> so I guess side by side, like irritated a lot of people. I, I guess, you know. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that um, I have to say, because, you know, the only other band experience I have to, to measure it against is alone in a crowd. And, you know, we were fortunate that, like, I, I think we practiced at Lars's, like, parents' garage. You know, having a rehearsal space that you're not being charged for the hour, that you don't have anyone else to answer to, you know, that, that, that's really, really great. For, for a band, if you're like hand to mouth trying to find a place to rehearse, that's that's just hard. Yeah, agreed. Like uh, we we've talked before too, where I almost start you know starting up in hardcore and playing in bands. I didn't know that bands paid to rehearse because I just assumed, oh yeah, everybody just goes to the drummer's parents' house because that's what you know the drum sets the the most pain in the ass thing to move. And yeah, we're, uh, like we, we didn't have that there. we uh, here in orange county california like we don't have basements there's some garages but we're in the middle of fucking suburbia and people are going to call the cops or whatever so immediately we're you know we're in a situation where we have to rent studios and then you talk to people like chain of strength who you know say that their records sounded the way they did because they were in the same bedroom right alpine chain of strength inside out like they were in such close physical proximity to each other and like you said they could just sp spend hours on one part of one song trying to get it right and that's like immeasurable yeah. um you know that's really funny because i don't think we ever spent like hours on like our whole <laughs> set like <laughs> no 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 listen again billy may remember it different and there were some songs that there were specific parts that were like we really had to work on but 
But generally speaking, I mean, like when I hear about like how hard like some of these bands like, you know, work to get their repertoire together, like <laughs> I don't I don't know that we did. Well, we you were know, pretty we're... lucky, you know. I mean, somebody would come in and with a little piece of a song and you know, like an hour or two later we'd have it fleshed out. Plus we had, you know, all of Eric's stuff to, you know, as the as the foundation. And the stuff that you guys wrote while we were in Side by Side, you know, you guys did Friends, you did Side by Side, obviously. That was the first one that you guys did. So yeah, together, that's right. Yeah, Luke, Luke was there too for that. Like, see, you know, that's the other thing. It's like all a bunch of friggin', you know, friends. You know, yeah. that's that's kind of how it was. It wasn't like some secret cabal. It was like, you know, the same cast of characters, <laughs> you know, goofing around. One of the but I think we, oh, go ahead. Talk, hold on. One of the things we talked about Sammy was that this record looks a little bit more raw than the other records that came out on Rev before it. And Sammy mentioned like the sick of it all demo and altercation and some of these bands that were a little bit more like primitive and more raw sounding. And then when you look at the photos from the side by side seven inch and from the in the together comp too. I think that it, you can tell that you guys were a little bit like not green, but like you weren't as polished and you were just like, yeah, let's fucking go. Let's do this. Like let's, let's rage. And, and you, all of that comes across in side by side in the audio and visual aspects of it. Well, and I don't know if you've heard the legend of, of jewels in between song speeches, there was a lot of cursing. <laughs> yeah, well, we talked about the the Civ record and the, the sample of the of the one of Jules' speeches. Which, as a kid, when I got the Civ record, I didn't know. I was like, "What is this?" For the longest time, and then you know, before we did the podcast, so someone was like, "Oh, that's like from a side by side show," and my mind was, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah, the famous one of the famous lines I remember that was bantered about for quite a while was "Mosh it up, you pussies," <laughs> which he screamed just before he threw the microphone to the floor and dove into the audience. Well, and then I feel like that's probably something that then got handed down because that's something that I heard like from local hardcore bands when I was a kid, <laughs> and I didn't know yeah. that it, like where it came from, but it just got. Handed down from generation to generation. I was just going to so say, like, in the 90s. The progenitor of that, Jules. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah, that's a great legacy. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> He's the mosh up, you pussy guy. But, but, like, I think, I think what, like, you know, just even the fact that, like, almost 35 years later, we're talking about a piece of music that's, I mean, how many minutes is that seven inch? 12 minutes or something? Like, and I think part of it is due to the fact that it's it's got this rawness and this youthful energy and urgency where it just it kind of just sounded like you guys had to you had to get this stuff out there. You had stuff to say and you got in like it's the same way like we were talking about the discord stuff like the teen idols first seven inches like that where it's just like kids that are, are hungry to play. And they don't care if it's, you know, maybe not the tightest and, you know, maybe not the most slick sounding. And I mean, there's, 
the, the way that that seven inch sounds the side by side, like there's bands today who go into the studio and want to sound like that. Yeah. Well, then they have to be like uh, 15 or 16 unrehearsed. And uh, <laughs> well, and, and here's the other thing, you know, you know, it's funny when you talk about spending hours on a song. I mean, we recorded that what in two days, like recorded and mastered and or, or mixed in two days, I think. Yeah. Um, I With mean, Fury, we, couldn't right? afford, we couldn't afford more than that. And that was yeah, Don, Don, Don Fury studio. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and, and we were, Don, we were, paying for it so yeah we did it as fast as possible <laughs> like yeah that's so good when enough. you guys would you want to take it again nope that's good enough <laughs> <laughs> when, when you guys like an Ed Wood that, movie. did you oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, when you guys recorded did you know that it was going to be on revelation at that time like or did you would did you record it and then no like, I, I think we pretty much knew it was it was for revelation yeah, the, um, understand, you know, that's where the timing of this was so important because, I mean, if we had had to get our shit together and shop it around to record labels and stuff like that, I don't know what would happen. You know, the, the fact that Revelation was happening, you know, Warzone, you know, Warzone had this kind of fits and starts back then, you know, it would, they'd break up, they'd change lineups, they whatever, you know. Um, I mean, when that record came out, it, I, I don't know that Ray even had the band together at that time, you know, it, you know, so, yeah. so, so, you know, here's Jordan Cooper, you know, coming down and be like, sure, I'll put that out. You know, I'll put this out, you know, and Ray and, you know, we all knew Ray. I mean, we all, gosh, most of the shows side by side played were with Youth of Today yeah, or Warzone or Gorilla Biscuits or all three. Right. You know, so, I mean, yeah. it was like of the 10 shows we played, like one of those guys was going to be in it. <laughs> well, you plus know? you guys, you know, you do, you were on the comp, like you said, which was the second second release yeah. they had the together comp yeah. um i guess Blake i wanted to favorite song uh no was that was that no the second comp was dead serious right yeah yeah <laughs> new york hardcore compilation yes yeah. the seven eight billy always rolled his eyes at dead serious because he's like i'm not dead serious you know <laughs> let's have some fun here I, my question was are any of us dead serious <laughs> Because we songs were good, like a bunch of goofy kids, man. So, yeah, how serious are we going to take that? You know, I mean, the 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 song that I carried over from from Mr. Clean, my old band, was "Good Clean Fun," which was the opposite of dead serious. That's on the discography thing too. That uh, yeah, like live yeah. recording we, of that. We never really finalized the lyrics on that song. Like I mean, it was, <laughs> it was really we were a mess. We were a mess Improv. on a lot of levels. I mean, but but honestly, I will tell you. Uh, you know, to your point about like, you know, getting on stage. Like we talked about youth of today. You know, when you talk to Ray, even back then, when you talk to Ray and John, they had a plan. They were like, we are going to do kind of an older school hardcore band and we're going to be like the biggest hardcore band that like we get like they had a plan you know we had no plan like it was like if i could get on stage with my band anywhere that's that's all i wanted to be doing then and the fact that it happened to be like cbs the fact that we played with bands like warzone and Slapshot and 
token entry and, you know, you name it, you know, um, you know, that was just all the better, but there was no plan. I never had any idea what I was going to say on stage. Like I, it was like an out of body experience for me. I just let it go, you know, which, you know, looking at it now, it's kind of nuts, but, uh, Hence the cursing. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> so, uh, like I said, real quick, speaking of the comp, the, the 12 inch comp, yeah. do you have a favorite track on it? Of ours or anybody's? Of, of anybody's. Oh, yeah. I always love Super Touch. That was my pick, too, for, the, for both comps. That Super Touch song is just like, was, I mean, it, it doesn't get dope, much man. better. That was, yeah. that was a great tune. I, their stuff in general, I mean, seeing them live was always a great experience. You know, it's funny. I'm going to say um, seeing Super Touch live, that was one band that I could not – like not go off to, but for probably different reasons than you guys think. Okay. I like their old death before dishonor songs. So, so super touch came out of a band called death before dishonor. I understand there's another death before dishonor running around these days, but, but this was, this was Mike judges like original band. Um, and in fact, Death Before Dishonor was probably one of the biggest influences on the writing of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Backfire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when Super Touch would play a Death Before Dishonor song, I'd go like nuts. Um, but, but gosh, you know, it's funny. I haven't listened to that, that record in a really long time. Um, I can't even remember all the songs that are on it. So of any band on that, like who would be my favorite? Yeah, so like you figure on the on the twelve inch you had uh you had bold breakdown, use of today, gorilla biscuits, right um super touch, uh golly, um you guys. Um trivia question, can you name all the bands on the twelve inch? Yeah, even I, even I can't. I cannot remember. Um, Are you looking it up, Jules? I am. I'm trying to look <laughs> it up here. You see that we got Jeez. the internet. Who needs memory? Yeah. yeah. I always had a te- I had a teacher in high school. He said, "Never memorize anything that you can look up in a book." But he still gave us tests. So yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really understand that. Um, but uh. Yeah, we always like to ask some of the, especially the people that were involved in the comp, like what, because I mean, that, that compilation was just a, uh, a game changer for so many people, um, you know, because of the fact that, like we talk about in the early days before the internet, if you wanted to hear a sampling of stuff of what a label had to offer, what a scene had to offer, I mean, yeah. compilations were the way to go because it, right. it was like basically like a, you know, a, a curated mix of, of stuff. So um, I'm just going to say this, that I'm on the cover of that damn record, but I got cut off and all you can see is my hand <laughs> on Ray B's shoulder. But if you get the poster, the release, the wide angle poster release, I'm on that. I'm on, I'm in the crowd with in, in that scene with uh with the biscuits playing. Um 
Uh, I, I'm going to have to say it would have been Warzone for me um, because they were just like my favorite band. Um, uh, I don't remember who, like which recording they used for that. Um, but that would be, that would probably be my, uh, um, and then the, the Gorilla Biscuits song, they, they did one of their more like progressive songs on that one too, didn't they? I think. Yeah, they did. Uh, so they did, um, better than you, but also they did forgotten, which ended up being on, um, forgotten. yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really good. Listen, I was always really impressed with what those guys were coming up with, um, I mean, the, the, the baseline for high hopes, I like, I hear that to this day and I'm, I mean, that gets me pumped. So, yeah. Well, you know, that's a good place I think to, to talk a little bit about artwork because awesome. Rev number four is the gorilla biscuit seven inch. Um, we, we did an episode if people haven't listened, one of our early episodes we did uh, where it was just Javier and I, and we got to talk to Luke and Arthur about that seven inch and the cover, the gorilla on there is, I mean, it really for, for, for hardcore, it's one of the most iconic images, I think in, in New York hardcore is that gorilla. And we're here talking to the, the person that designed yeah. that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, and this is why I'm so Shout bummed that Jason, seven. <laughs> yeah like this is why i'm so bummed that jason can't be on because he's our he's our design guy and like so of course i'd be remiss if i didn't if we didn't ask about design because it's so important to you know really it's important to the whole revelation oh, yeah. story is is all the different design and we got to talk to dave bett who d- did the graphic design but give us give us some stuff on that gorilla well the gorilla was basically the same kind of idea as the dancing skinheads that, you know, I mean, the biscuits had seen that and, you know, they wanted something not threatening, something like fun, you know, and their name was gorilla biscuits. So obviously for me, a gorilla, like a giant gorilla was the way to go. Um, and I mean, I, I, I'm shocked, honestly. I mean, as, as much fun as that was to do and as much as I enjoy seeing it like out in the world, you know, I've seen people who have like a full size back tattoo of. That. I know people who have that tattooed on. And I'm like, you know, to, to me, that's that's staggering. That's yeah. crazy. I, walked, I was at a there's a venue here called Chain Reaction. And just like a month ago, I was at a night market and this kid walks up to me. He's like, hey, I love your podcast. Check out what I got today pulls up his sleeve and he's got the fucking gorilla tattooed right there on his arm. <laughs> he had just literally walked, come from the tattoo shop to there and showed it to me with like the covering on it and stuff. Like it's still in. And this kid, uh, man, I'm sorry. I forgot your name. He's like in his early twenties, you know, it wasn't like some dude like us who's been listening to this for years and years. He's like yeah. young and he's, he's a kid and he's still fucking stoked on all the music, on all the artwork, everything. And uh, I'm going to tell gorilla. him to mosh and don't be a pussy and mosh. <laughs> well, so other art too. So the gorilla was the big one, but one of the images that we like when we did the episode, and again, this was before Jason, we did it together. 
you did the super touch basketball guy too, right? I did. I did. And that was, I was actually, I felt a little bad because I felt like I never, I, you know, I, I liked it, you know, and, and obviously people like the artwork, but for me, I always felt like it could have been, you know, better. It could have been more, you know, and, and uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I liked it, but I, I felt like, you know, I, I it wasn't my best effort, you know? Well, I think it was, I, we were like, I remember because we, we use a uh, shout out or I'm sorry, we do a bit of bow okay. to um, record aficionado. There's a book that compiles all the early revelation, like the, really? uh, yeah, like Javier, you have it on it on you right now. You yeah, want right to sh- here. Show them. So it's it's, it's it's really awesome. Like we used it. It has a, basically the first twenty two releases where it has you know it shows like it is right the there. cover, the the inserts, oh, the pressing nice. info. Wow. And we were looking because I don't own a copy of Together, um, and it's not reissued. So we were looking, and I remember we we're like, oh, the Super Touch thing is so cool, <laughs> and then. Uh, well, I'm glad people like it, you know. I'm I'm glad people are into it. The the funny thing is they called me up. They were they were doing some merch recently for Super Touch at Rev and uh they wanted to use the artwork and they called me up and I was like, "Yeah, sure, you know, it's great." And uh they asked me if I had any you know, anything that I wanted to say or put in the like blurb about the artwork or whatever. And basically what I said was like, you know, I, I find it ironic that, you know, the artwork that I'm doing now, I mean, I don't know if anybody has, has gone down that particular rabbit hole to, to see what, you know, the, but there was a link to my portfolio site Hmm. where I do like, you know, I I've done, I've done illustrations of basketball players for Adidas for Mitchell and Ness, you know, I mean, I've, I, that's, that was my bread and butter after I got out. I, I spent 10 years as an art director for uh, world wrestling entertainment. And after I got out of that, I got into Adidas and, and, you know, I've done tons of illustrated basketball players, football players, every crazy thing. And, and I have to, I have to interject because when, when Billy got I, of, of the folks from side by side, Billy and I have maintained been in touch like the whole, like, like, I mean, you know, he's one of my oldest friends, you know? And so when he got the job for world wrestling, I remember talking to him <laughs> and I was so excited for him. And, and he said something and I am paraphrasing here, but he said something to the, Yep, you know, 15 years of punk rock and comic books have finally paid off. (laughs) (laughs) That was like, you know, I mean, aside from from freelancing, that was really the 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 first well-paying job that I got was you know for a permanent job uh working at World Wrestling Entertainment. And it was great. It was a great gig. It was, you know, one of the most fun jobs that I've had. See, that's awesome. And, and uh, I'm sure like Jason has definitely looked, looked through the, your portfolio too. Like I'm going to have to check it out, but I know, like I said, Jason was, uh, you know, just super stoked that we were going to be talking to you. He also wanted me to ask about the schism fists. You, you did that as well. Yeah, I did like the cover for schism, which is all the X fists like held up in the air. Yeah. 
And that has managed to find its way into a bizarrely broad range of things. Uh, uh, yeah, like beyond hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. Into streetwear street and all kinds of yeah. stuff. People yeah, have John, that tattooed. Yeah. John's using it for uh, True Till Death merch. You yeah. Know, one of those fists he yeah. cut out and he, you know, he put the, the logo around. So, you know, I mean, yeah, that's another piece that that kind of of took on a life of its own, which was fun. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm really glad to see that kind of stuff get out there. You know, ironically enough, I, you know, I, I would I, you know, I wish I got paid a little bit more for it. And you can edit this out if you want, but no, hell no, keep it in. No, because that's what. <laughs> listen, we, we I don't want any beef with anybody, and I'm not saying you know no. I'm not calling anybody out, but I just you know I mean uh, every once in a while I click on something and it's you know it's my work out there with something else on it or on something, and I'm just like, just put my name, you know, just you know mention that we we a hundred percent agree. I mean. You know, it's happened, I think, to all of us on the pod to some to, to some degree yeah. with things that we've done. And that's another reason that we we definitely wanted to talk to you. And I had a phone call with Jules a couple months ago and we were like, yeah, we want to get Billy's like we want we want to get your story out there so people can listen and know because that stuff's important. Like to 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 hardcore. I mean, the gorilla, like I said, I can't imagine like they're not being that gorilla, like that seven inch. Like it, it just, it wouldn't yeah, have had know, the same impact. A lot of those bands around that time, like there's a mascot or a logo. And it's not <laughs> just like the word. Like a lot of times now you like just to throw a band name out there, Year of the Knife, right? Or it's just words. But then you got a band like Code Orange who has a panther head. And like, that's their fucking logo. So they could make a shirt that's just a panther head and people will know what it is. So it's like a lot of those early bands, Judge with the hammers, Youth of Today with the fist, um, Mouthpiece eventually with the fist, a different fist with a different X, you know? And so it's a really, really important part of hardcore history that these drawings some of it, uh, when we talked to Dylan Trifles, he's like, oh yeah, I just made this yeah. little fucking doodle on a piece of paper. And now this kid has it tattooed on his, on his leg or whatever, you know? Yeah. And people should know who, you know, like who created it. And, and I'm with you. I think it sure. doesn't hurt or take anything to just put a name yeah. and, and, you know, maybe I'm biased too, because now of working so closely and being such good friends with, to bring up Jason again, cause I know he's going to listen, uh, you know, to know that like, it's, it's very simple to just say like, here's the shirt designed by so-and-so. Yeah. Um, or even just a call out, you know, a shout out or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and to do a little segue mini commercial, if you, whatever you want to call it. Um, I actually, I'm on Instagram as Billy side by side. Anybody wants to go look, I have not posted a, vast amount of work but one of the things that i'm working on right now is working up some art prints i'm trying to start a print business and the first print we're going to do is the uh the side-by-side demo cover with the dancing skinheads on it nice so i've got a i've got a silkscreen like a really great hand-pulled silkscreen place 
by me that's going to do the posters for me. Uh, I'm looking to try and maybe do like a limited edition 100, 200. Do some so shirts. If anybody wants to do keep some an shirts. Eye on that. Huh? Shirts. There's some shirts of it shirts. too, man. Yeah, well, there. we got and there's merch coming out. Yeah, there's actually a tie dye version of that. Uh, yeah, uh, who was it that made a few years ago? Someone made like authorized bootlegs of that, right? I'm not going to throw any names. I won't. Out there, I know but, who, but I'm not going to name names. But it was right. the dancing skinheads <laughs> with the side by side logo on a on a tie dyed shirt, and it looked fucking cool. But that was he just made like you know. 10 of them for his friends right. or whatever. So there's, we're no actually doing something with that. There's a, there's a release that Sammy's been coordinating uh, through revelation records. He's actually working over there now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and I, I just gave you a follow on Instagram. Like you said, for everyone listening, it's Billy side by side. And then your website is the three W's Brian Clark dot work. If you want to check out a little bit more of what Billy's doing out there artistically. And keep an eye out on the Instagram because I will be posting like basically I'm I'm gonna try and do like a crowdfunded thing if if enough people show interest that I could sell, you know, a hundred of these posters at like say 30, 35 a piece, then you know, then yeah, we're all all for it. People will definitely buy the poster. Trust me. Like, <laughs> I, I, I actually I, realized you know, I already did follow you. I was like, oh, I'm going to follow. I was like, oh, I, I follow already. You're already following me. I'm already uh, tapped in, man. Keep, <laughs> already, I, I keep got, an eye. I got my finger on the pulse. Cool. Uh, so, you know, one of the, the gaps that Sammy didn't know about when we talked to him was the demise of Side by Side. He's <laughs> like, man, I wish I knew how and why we broke up. I have no fucking idea how it happened. Do either of you remember the band like calling it a day? Uh, I do. All right, <laughs> let's hear it. I do. Um, and 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 Billy likely has his own perspective on this too because it wasn't an overnight thing. It kind of it kind of started snowballing uh, after we recorded the seven inch. I'm not. You know, because there was a lag between recording the seven inch and releasing the seven inch side by side actually broke up in between those two events. So so the seven inch was a post like it was a it was, um, you know, postmortem kind of a, a thing, posthumous uh, release. Um, so I am partially to blame, I think. Um and one of the reasons is, is when we finished the, the record, I told the band I wanted to take a little time and I wanted to take a couple of months. And what I didn't realize is that that was like the worst time to tell these people, like, let's like let off the gas right now because like the energy level was about at like fever pitch. Like Alex Brown had, had, had fully like fully realized himself as a, as a member of the band. And like, I mean, you know, you look at his design work, you know, for the cover and like, I mean, he, he, he did stickers for the band and, 
I mean, he, he was just really, really like into it. And then to have someone like me say, Hey, why don't we take a break? I think was like just the wrong thing for, for, for a guy like that to hear. Meanwhile, you have Sammy who is, um, and, and this is something, I don't know if this came up. I did listen a while back to his, his, uh, you know, uh, memory lane, but I don't know if this was a part of it, but you got to understand. So Sammy had like auditioned for the gorilla biscuits, like right before I called him and said, Hey, you want to be in my band? Um, and the biscuits didn't take him. <laughs> yeah. He played, I think he talks about, he said he played one show. It might've been the birth to unity show. And he, 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 he said, uh, that he, thought he was terrible I'm, I'm again i'm paraphrasing but i remember um, well again i would go with his memory on that i i, I like but 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 my what i understand was that the, the the gorilla biscuits were not interested and i was like well i'm freaking interested so why don't you come play with us and and listen when sammy first started it, we were pretty simple. I mean, everything was pretty simple. Do that, do that, do that, do that, you know, do, 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 you know, I mean, like it was all very, very straightforward. He, he went exponential though. It's like, like all that that kid needed was a band to play with on a regular basis. And he went exponential, uh, uh, you know, cause by within what, a year and a half, two years, he was playing double bass drum. I mean, you know, I, I mean, like the guy just went off the charts. So again, for me to say, let's take a break to, to basically Alex and Sammy, when they were like hitting their stride was like totally like my finger was not on the pulse. I completely misjudged that situation. Um, and what did they do? So, so, so if you don't believe me, what did they do? They did Project, Project X. X right then and there. They said, okay, we're taking a break from our band. We're going to do what we want to do. And boom. And when they started just doing their own shit, that was, that was kind of the final nail, um, which, is, which is that they're like, wow, we can do this and we don't need to deal with, you know, Eric and Jules and, you know, and at that time, Billy wasn't even in the band anymore. And that's, you know, that, that is something that, you know, uh, I, I, I do have an anecdote about that too, which is, you know, somehow, and, and this is, this is one of those things that to this day, you know, okay. So I'm a 16 year old kid. I don't know anything about music. We're listening to the, to the reels. And, and I think Billy wasn't there for, for something. We were listening to the reels with Don Fury and someone was listening to the bass track and, and, you know, criticizing it. And I don't, honestly, I don't remember who it was. I, I really can say that with all honesty. I don't remember. And I was saying, look, like whatever, you know, we're not the friggin' Rolling Stones, you know, like it's fine. Um, but then somewhere along the line, after that, listening to that, there was this idea like, well, let's replace Billy. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Replace Billy. Like he's a founding member of this band. And so I was basically left. We took a vote. I mean, I'm like all of a sudden we're this democratic organization and, uh, 
and and the guys voted Billy out of the band. And I abstained. I said, I'm not taking any part of it. Um, and, and of course, the, 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 the even better part is they said, okay, now you get to call Billy and tell him, right? They made you do it? Yeah, I had to fucking do it. <laughs> And, 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 and listen, you know, um, that never sat right with me. So when you, when you take that and you add it to me, like taking a break, and I don't even know if maybe that's why I needed to take a break from this, you know, I, I, I couldn't even tell you, but, but, but that, that's what happened there. And, uh, and, and there was no real, nobody really wanted to pick it back up again. Like, like, no, like it just ended. It just stopped. Yeah. You kind of um, lose momentum. I think a lot of times if you lose that momentum, you know, it's yeah. like with anything, like if you're on an exercise plan or something yeah. and, and you're and like, I, Oh, I'm going to take a week off or a month off. You, you, it's very hard. to. Yeah. Take- and, and that was, that's on me. And, you know, and listen, by the way, I say it's on me. I was 16. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but, but, I mean, I can, I can pinpoint where, where we lost momentum and that was it. Um, you know, because, because here's the thing, like Sammy, I think, and you like talk to him, but I, I seem to remember he even went to a school where he could tour. Like he went to like a school for performing arts where he could go and do his performing arts. Like he could tour with bands and stuff. I mean, he changed his whole life around so that he could do nothing but, but that, um, and meanwhile, I'm saying, you know, for side by side, like when we're hitting our peak, <laughs> hey, let's take a break, you know. And that that was it. That's what that's what killed it. So, did you ever get anybody to replace Billy then, or did you not even play well, after? Oh, um, actually, we played one show post post uh, post Billy after Billy. Uh, departed the band um we played the anthrax and we got lars weiss who of course ended up playing with me in alone in a crowd um but but lars lars picked up the bass and and played one show one show with us and i think he went on to play with judge i think for a while um, and, and by the way, like I said, there were two shows that I remember as being like really good shows. One was that CBGB show and Billy played that one. But the, the other show that I remember as being really, really good just because of like how that show went was the one in the Anthrax. It was our last show. We didn't know it was going to be our last show, but it was our last show. And Lars played that. And he played it. He had broken his hand. He was playing the bass with a broken hand with a cast. Wow. I mean, that was crazy. And like his amp wasn't grounded. So anytime he touched somebody, you get this like absolutely wicked shock. And, and, and I, you know, like one song I pulled up, like the, the base of the microphone actually ripped out, like, like, and I'm singing and it's like a dead mic and I just threw it out into the crowd. And like, there, there's this videotape of that show and you could hear the sound man, like just flipping out, like on the tape, like that I had just thrown the, the microphone out. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a really, that was a great show at the Anthrax, but that was it. That was it. I mean, so wasn't there, uh, I've seen flyers, maybe the Roger benefit. There was a reunion, right? Like in, Billy played that show. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, and see, it's funny how things, 
turn out, right? So by then, and again, you might have to double check this with Sammy, but like his dad was in the warehousing business and like he had a rehearsal space that we never had a side-by-side. He had a rehearsal space by the time that benefit show came around. And when we were getting ready for it, we rehearsed like in the warehouse. You remember that, Billy? Yeah, I do. I left my base there. Sammy sold it. <laughs> Come on, Sammy. <laughs> Shit like that would happen all the time. I had a drum kit. Eric sold mine. I'm like, hey, can I have my drums back? He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, right? No, seriously, though. Like, they asked me if I could leave the, the base because Judge didn't have a fucking base. So they needed a base for Judge, whoever's going to play base for Judge, and could I leave them my base? And I did. And he's in New York, and I, at that point I had moved back to D.C. to work on comic books with, with my friend Steve. Uh, and, like, he keeps calling me up and going, like, yeah, I, got, I still got your base. And I'm like, yeah, I can't come pick it up. I'm in Washington. And then, like, suddenly, like, he oh, came around and I was like, up, dude, huh? you bring my bass when you're coming to play D.C.? And he's like, oh, we sold it. You know, it's gone. I'm like, really? Sort uh, of off track, the friend, that's not Steve Niles, is it? The co- that is Steve Niles. I did, I did comic books with Steve Niles, yes. That's awesome. I love, well, first off, I love Gray Matter and Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he's in them, but also I love the 30 Days of Night uh, comics yeah. are Dude, excellent. If, I, you know, I, I'm actually, I'm wearing a t-shirt with a giant nun on it, which is one of the characters that we did together. And I've been trying to sell that as a cartoon for like the last, like, I was like, there's got to be some way for me to cash in on this. You know, I mean, uh, what comics did you work on with, with him then? Uh, um, we, he was actually uh, publishing at the time. So, uh, I did basically the compilation books that, that, um, he was publishing. Uh, I had a story in the very first fly in my eye and I had little stuff in, in, in a, a couple of different things that we did. You know, we tried to do, like a variety of story with the giant nun, um, which actually was was a lot of fun, but never really took off or went anywhere. And uh, I did a lot of illustrations for various books that he ended up, you know, he had gained the rights to for whatever reason. Um, Richard Matheson's, uh, uh, oh God, what was the name? I am, I am Legend. Not to be confused with the hideous, uh will smith vehicle of the same name i mean it's theoretically the same story but like no that's the the book was fantastic and steve i don't know how steve was again like a kid like jules he was like 17 years old he wrote richard matheson a fucking letter and said like hey i love your book can i make a comic book out of it and he's like yeah sure go ahead you know, I mean, he had a couple of things, you know, he had a couple of, 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 of things that he didn't want Steve to do. But other than that, he was, you know, he was basically, just, you know, he made best friends with Clive Barker uh, there. You know, there was actually a print uh, set of of covers of the Books of Blood that Steve put out. And, uh, you know, he, he did a lot when he was doing Arcane Comics. That's what they were called. Arcane Comics. Yeah, because yeah. that's so rad. I mean, I figure DC, the punk connection. But uh, his stuff's cool, man. Like his. Uh, oh yeah. 
And, Steve um, is definitely the talent uh, in in our <laughs> dynamic duo as well. I mean, he yeah, he 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 he's gone on to do a lot of great stuff. I love his horror stuff. And you know, I I try to get him the 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 nun was hilarious. And I keep trying to get him to draw, write funnier stuff cuz he's just funny as hell. But like obviously horror is the you know, near to his heart. That's yeah, I, his thing. I have that comic book Bad Moon, right? Wouldn't it No, no, we don't speak of the oh, We don't speak the, of Bad Moon? No, the the book that must not be named. Oh, so that's like that's you the, side that's by the side by side demo. By side demo. That's the side by side demo of your of, of of your work. Yes, but we will buy them back from anyone who's willing to part with them. Oh, he earned oh. them immediately. Steve also actually has an Instagram for if people want to follow Steve dot and then the number nine, which he posts really cool. Like if you're into horror, if you're into comics, oh yeah. Um, he, he shares posts all really kinds cool of, stuff. yeah, he's, you know, he's, he posts like artists on an almost daily basis. Yeah. And you do get the occasional like gray, cool gray matter. Pit yeah. Yeah. Like they did some sort of reunion or, actually, or something like fairly recently, you know, yeah. and you get to see his dogs and his giant tortoise and you know, whatever yeah. else, you know, that's so cool, man. See, that's why I love doing this because we find out these little like connections and stuff. Yeah. And for a geek like me who, like I said, loves <laughs> gray matter and three. Yeah, yeah. And the oh, comic, yeah. Uh, the, you know, that, that's awesome. Billy, the 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 nun. Um, was it wasn't like your ad for for that like whole lot of nun, whole lot of fun, or something like that? Wasn't there was it? a lot of there were a lot of bad <laughs> ideas floating around. I don't remember. I will show you this. Wait, hang on one second. This, we'll it, yeah. this is a tiny little plastic fly. When we went to the conventions, Steve bought like bags of by the thousands of these things from uh, Oriental Trading Company. And he would have a giant bowl on the convention table of plastic flies for people to take. And those things were like sand for me, like sand after you go to the beach. I, I find these things, I find these things everywhere still to this day. I find boxes with like, you know, a handful of flies in the bottom. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah well, like said, good times. Thanks, thanks. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I guess bef- when we, as we start winding down two things, because you guys are both, you know, you've kind of like, Whereas compared to like, say like a Sammy or Porcel, we talked about that have kind of just never, I hate to say went away, but like, you know, they kept doing bands and kept playing and stuff. Um, I guess one, what has it been like for you as now like grown adults, you know, grown ass men, as they say, and you still have people that are absolutely enamored by this like you know seven songs or whatever it is on the record from almost 35 years ago that like you said you recorded on a shoestring budget in a couple days played some shows and then you know it was like a part of your life that then you went on to the next chapter what's what has that been like for you both just uh to have people still care i'm gonna let billy uh field this one first (laughs) 
Um, I mean, it's been great. You know, it's, it's honestly been a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I'm glad that it crops up, you know, I'm glad that, you know, the funny thing is I have a very odd mixture of people who, you know, my work has actually touched, which I find great. You know, the music was awesome. The, the artwork that, that got out there from, you know, from the revelation days was, was great from schism and whatever. Uh, and I love seeing that stuff out there. And so, you know, I've, I've got, hardcore fans and wrestling fans and you know horror comic fans and all kinds of weird strange people who dig my work and it's it makes the work worth it was there ever anybody like completely unexpected that was like wait were you in side by side like ever anybody in the horror world or the wrestling world no well it's funny because like you know i i have a i have a set of couple of three questions that I ask people like, you know, when they're like, you know, oh yeah, I used to love hardcore. And I, you know, I will ease into the revelation that I am Billy side by side, you know, and, and did you ever listen to youth crew out of New York? Did you ever, you know, have you, you know, these guys, you know, that, and, and if the answers are yes, then I, you know, I tell people, you know, yeah, um, I'm Billy side by side. There's actually a cupcake place, uh, couple of miles from here and my kids were always this this is how I impressed my children when they were like nine and ten years old because I could go to the cupcake place and the manager would give us free cupcakes because she loved side by side <laughs> that's when I that's when I convinced my children that I actually had done things <laughs> I don't, you know that's incredible yeah, it was good. Yeah, nobody ever gave me free fucking cupcakes. I could tell you that. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I was completely bowled over and um, kind of in shock when when certain people, you know, like uh, Double Cross Webzine, like those guys reached out to me. I had no clue that any of this stuff was even still going on. I mean, like I was that far removed. I mean, it wasn't like not something I looked up on the online, not like, I mean, I just, you know, I had a completely different life. And when you think about, you know, cause I turned 50 this year. Um, when you think about that, we're really talking about a band that was 13 months, 14 months in longevity. Yeah. You know, such a small part, a part of cute, your life, you know, a, a tiny part of my life. Um, but I'll tell you, um, the, the the thing that that gives me some kind of listen. I had no delusions of grandeur when I was doing it. You know, like we just went and did our thing, and like that the fact that that impacted anybody at all. I used to say, if one person. Like if we like maybe made an impact on one person's life, then we've done our job, you know, like this is, this is, you know, um, so, so yeah, this is, I'm very flattered, very humbled by, by the fact that 35 years later, we're talking about, you know, this, you know, we, we didn't even like, we just had like a fold over cover on the record, you know, like it wasn't even glued. Do you remember that? I mean, like, 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 yeah. 
you know, it was, it was such a do it yourself. Like, and here's the other thing too, which, and this part is like, I still haven't gotten my head around yet is that now I have like, I'm a lawyer now. And like, I've got like other lawyers, like, you know, middle-aged men, older than middle-aged men, like telling me that's really cool that you did a band back then. And I'm like, I'm like, this is really weird to hear from these people because you got to remember like back then, like just looking the way we looked and we didn't even look that weird, frankly, you know, but we got shit thrown at us, got chased down the street, you know, like for, you know, uh, you know, we were not playing big venues. Like, I mean, I must've been a joke to most people in my high school. Like they didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just some freak kid, you know? And then to hear now from kind of the establishment, it's like, oh, that's really cool that you played CBGBs. I just saw a movie about that with Alan Rickman in it. You know, like, I mean, it's just yeah. like, you know, I mean, that's a movie about the guy who like threw me out of his club, you know? Um, we were banned. We were banned. We were fucking banned. The shutdown show. That was a good shutdown. Show <laughs> that was, th those three shows were about the best uh, hardcore shows that I ever participated in anyway. So yeah, the you, shutdown so lasted like what a month and a half to <laughs> the, the the ban on our us playing. Yeah, well, but but by then we were but then by then we were toast. But yeah, but yeah, the ban didn't last very long. I think like I want to say Richie Birkenhead went back to Hilly and kind of tried to make peace along with some of the other you know older hard guys you know like uh, AF or whatever. Um, but we but love yeah. Richie. <laughs> we we love Richie, bit of Bo Richie. Um, so you said lawyers and stuff that you uh, have encountered. Have you had any of them that actually like, okay, so they found out you were in a band. Were there any that were like, oh yeah, I grew up listening to Side by Side? Um, not, no, not, not of the people that I was just thinking of when I said that, but I have had some folks like, like working alongside me, like I used to work on, on boats and stuff and like, like a guy working alongside and like, like we were, you know, working for a couple months next to each other. And, um, and somehow the topic came up and I said, yeah, I did that stuff. You know, I was into hardcore, like, Oh really? Like, you know, yeah, I had a band. And of course, you know, what does immediately someone think when you say, Oh, I had a band, you know, you, you, in your garage with a couple of your friends, you never really played a show, you know, like, you know, that's what people think automatically. And I was like, yeah, I was in a band called side by side. And it's like the guy dropped like what he was working with. And he's like, are you shitting me? And then he went and showed me at a side-by-side -side sticker on his truck, you know? So like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've had things like that happen. Um, but I don't believe in like even the word fan, you know, like that isn't, that isn't really something that, you know, we, we just played with people we liked. You, you, you know what I mean? Like I was never, I don't know. And maybe I had the wrong attitude, but like, I would rather just play like in front of the same people. Like I, I, I wasn't trying to bring the message to the masses. You know what I mean? Like, like it was really about just our little scene that I really liked, you know? Um, yeah. But look at what happened. It's, it, it's, and like, and I know that had to be nuts too when the Civ record, you know, comes out on uh, Atlantic records, you know, the same labels, fucking Led Zeppelin and, ACDC and then they put this record out and then your voice is on it yeah that was that was pretty fucking funny uh um 
you know, Sammy, I think Sammy sent me a CD or I, I know he caught me to a Civ show or two, you know, when they played in New York, um, you know, uh, that was so funny. Um, and of course it's like, it, and I'm talking about Luke, right? Aren't I like, yeah. like, yeah, that, see, that's, you know, that, that's really funny. Um, you know what else I, I will tell you the other phenomenon that I think is crazy is that, you know, like here, Billy and I are struggling to remember like what the heck happened, you know, but I talked to some folks who, who either weren't alive then or, or certainly weren't there. And they're telling me the dates we played, where we played with who we played, you know, like, and I'm like, how do you friggin' know all of this stuff? Like, like there's, there's guys who are like, memorizing hardcore history like that i have long since forgotten <laughs> we try to but we also you know make holy mistakes. shit yeah you know, like, i mean i was only side by side was what 87 88 so i was six and seven then so <laughs> you know what i mean like and, and and actually 87 the record came out in 88 so i don't i don't know that that last, whatever that last show was, it might have been January of '88. But I don't. I, I mean, by '88 we were done. I mean that was crazy. So, man. so I guess if one of the things uh, we do on the podcast is when we wrap up, we ask what your hot track is on the seven inch on your record. So you pick one song. It can either be their, your favorite that you remember you know, the writing of it or your favorite, just the way it sounds or your favorite to play live back when you did it. So out of the seven tracks on the, uh, side by side, what's your hot track, Billy, I'm putting I, you in the hot seat first. Call me first, man. Um, I'd have to say probably time is now. That was just one that I always liked. Um, that was one of the later ones. I think Jules and Alex did that together. And it was just, you know, it was it was a great track for me. Okay. Oh well that see that's on the that's on the comp. But I guess we can we can The time is now Billy yeah. cheated. So, <laughs> so here's the songs you have to choose from for hot track. See, and I wouldn't care, but I know we're going to have somebody okay. like, uh, whose hot track was uh, from the way it is comp <laughs> and not from the seven inch. See, those so, are like, the people who are paying too close attention yeah. to the. So here's, here's, here's the first, the, the, the seven tracks on that, the seven inch. Backfire. Backfire, My Life to Live, Live in a Lie, Look Back, You're Only Young Once, Friends, and Side by Side. Um, nostalgia value. I got to go with side by side then. Play the theme song. Theme song. Yeah. Which Play the Jules, theme song again. Jules desperately tried to stop us from saying that exact phrase. He hated the he hated the phrase the theme song. So we would say it as often as possible just to make him very very upset. In fact, I, I I can remember a recording where you're like on backing Mike, like in between the songs. Theme going, the theme song. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we did that on. Uh, I I actually have somebody sent me a bunch of of uh, tracks that they had somehow digitized from our NYU oh, radio geez. performance. Sweet and, Jesus. Yeah. 
Someone needs to press that that on on vinyl. The theme song. (laughs) See, to me, I'm like, that needs to be pressed on vinyl. I didn't know that someone did The NYU show? Oh, no, God, no. (laughs) Is that on this discography? I don't even know. Yeah, we were not at our tightest in the, you know, dragging our crap up to freaking NYU some like radio yeah. place yeah yeah and, and and i remember getting the like the talk like like don't curse and don't do this and don't say that and like we 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 broke those rules like almost immediately like it was like not possible for us to like do a set without breaking all of those rules um you know it's probably not uh very original um I mean, I have memories of all of those songs and different reasons for liking them. But as far as that record goes, backfire. Like, there's a reason we put that as the first song. We we often opened, uh, you know, sets with that song. I mean, that, like, I, Alex and I, Alex rented a room in an apartment and we wrote that song together like on the floor of his apartment. And he was just kind of playing with things. He was basically listening to death before designer tapes and like screwing around with his guitar. And we, we came up with backfire. And, uh, and then when, when we told Sammy, like, like, dude, this is going to be just this insane drum song. And, you know, that's exactly what Sammy needed to hear, you know, and, and look at what the recording was. I mean, it was, that's a nuts song to open a record with. So yeah, I'm going to have to go. If we're talking about recordings on that record, I have to go with, uh, with backfire. Nice. Hav, do you, re- do you remember what our hot tracks were for that one? I don't even Not at all, but uh, I was just thinking about it and I don't know what it was then, but today it's backfire. That's, <laughs> that's my hot track. I um, actually have a backfire song or a backfire story. If you got, yeah, like, take it. no, take oh. it. <laughs> Always, yeah. If you go on YouTube and you put in the words "backfire" side by side, doing and it German right now. Wedding. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen there's that. A, so they also there's play. There's a video out there of these guys, these German guys at a at a wedding. Yeah, and they're like dressed in suits, totally, because it's a freaking wedding. Yeah, Are you I think fucking get kidding me? And they, they play Earth Crisis cover of and Backfire. a few other songs. It's it's wild. And I think at one point, we the made, bride, we made the wedding band? The That's, bride yeah. gets up awesome. on stage. It was yeah, it, awesome. It was a German wedding. I found that, that, that just kind of completes the circle for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the fact awesome. that it was a German wedding. That's and they're insane. singing Backfire. That and they did a damn good insane. job of it. They didn't do like a half-assed job of it. Oh they get God. up and they're they dressed all in. in. You're not expecting them to like explode. And it's like that SNL skit, the Dave Grohl. This fight in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't know what mine was, but mine's. I, I'm almost positive it was living the lie, mm. yeah. and uh, that's what I'm still going to go with. The um, guitar break where you yell Alex. Yeah, that's like kick it. Kick it, that's Greg. like yeah, that's like a third of the reason why my kids named Alex. Uh, I just thought that was so cool. <laughs> that is such. That's it was so always cool, in my man. consciousness, like yeah. that, because that part's just so sick. And uh, well, now you can tell your kid, "Don't be a pussy, Amash." Yeah. Actually, you can't say that in 2021 to your kid. No, I'm pretty you sure. <laughs> you can't. We're man enough to care. Yeah. Seven seconds. I so, <laughs> but guys, thank you so much. 
This was super fun. Um, you know, and I love talking just about these memories, but also the artwork and stuff, Billy, um, just so cool. And I look forward to seeing what, what you end up doing with, uh, Keep an eye on Instagram as fast as I can do it. I'm, I'm trying to get that thing up. I've been trying to get him. I was trying to get him printed before the the podcast, Mm. but the printer just didn't have the time to do it. We'll make sure, we'll make sure we uh, promote help. Keep an eye on Instagram. Yeah. I I, I was trying to do it this morning. I will definitely have something up very, very, very soon. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks uh, guys. Jules, this isn't, but uh, I was messaging with uh tim mcmahon oh yeah and he says hello oh good well i tell him hi right back he's a good dude friend of really the pod. good yeah he's a great yeah, dude great dude big friend of the pod um he said to say hello how if you can keep this in he can hear it yeah he hear this, always shout. always yeah. <laughs> so guys thank you so much yeah thanks guys um, all right thank I, you. I, I, I already want to tr- i want to try and find a reason to, to talk to you guys guys all right now what's up everybody this is javier from the where it went podcast just wanted to give a special bit up bow to our top tier patrons billy tonnell bram hubble brandon gavel brian skiffington brooklyn cesar falcon chad keplinger david palmer dirk focused g jason head greg jackson jeremy holahan john cowell quiet keith maddie cox nate of head to wall fame rob moran tim Shear, siren records and dollar slice bootlegs If you'd like to help us out every month on Patreon, please visit www.whereitwentpodcast.com. You can find information about Patreon and all the other cool shit we got going on. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bidipo.